Blog Talk Radio. God bless you and good evening. We pray all is well with you and welcome to the new year, 2022. We pray God is blessing you every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Tonight's show is pre-recorded. Dr. Kent will be live next Tuesday, January the 11th, uh, right here at the same time. So tonight's show is pre-recorded. God bless you and thank you for tuning in to YAT Radio and History Talk on Breaking Chains. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breaking Chains' new show, History Talk, with Dr. LaVert Kemp. So turn the broadcast up and let's break chains in our history.
It's History Talk with Dr. LaVert Kemp on YAT Radio. It's Breaking Chains. Uh, good evening, everyone. you about the start of mankind, the origin of mankind. And what we did, we looked at the beginning of mankind back to Australopithecus. And we were talking about a fossil found by the name of Lucy. Sales of all humans have theoretical common ancestors. This woman known as mitochondrial chondra Eve lived between 100 and 200,000 years ago in South Africa. She was not the first human, but every other female lineage eventually had no female offspring fell in the past on the mitochondrial DNA. As a result, now this is your scholars who are talking about this. They are telling you, and they're not black, they're white scholars, they're saying that the DNA result comes to all humans today can trace their mitochondrial DNA. You, they have a genetic marker that trace back to Africa. So when oftentimes the people don't look like you, a mitochondrial DNA, it would go back to Africa. See, in uh, contemporary humans today, since this lady, which they call Eve time, different populations of humans have drifted apart, genetically forming distinct ethnic groups that we see today. And it's all come from this lady called Eve. Now, even later on, they found a, a man, a skeleton of a man, that came about maybe, uh, they say about this man who died about 315 years before. That's what this man would look like. But his the DNA that he got, that they was able to take from him, matched the female, uh, his ancestral came from the mitochondria Eve. And that he was a fisherman off the coast of Southern Africa. And he was the closest genetic match to Eve. And if he's the closest genetic match to Eve, Africans are the closest genetic match to the beginning. Now, they found uh, his, 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 his bones where they were able to get DNA from. It's called St. Helen, St. Helena Bay in South Africa by archaeologist named Andrew Smith of the University of Cape Town. This young, this man was that young. He was about fifty, and he was the first ancestor, the cradle of human, to have the DNA that they were able to sequence, do a sequence of his DNA, and find out that people, no matter if you're in Europe or Asia, anyway, we all have that DNA. Different hypotheses have. Uh, and, and theories have surfaced about why we look different. 
Some say we left a, a warm, hot climate and went up in the northern parts of Europe and other parts, and uh, the melanin changed and other things like that. But we know that that was a dispersion, and as they stated earlier, that it came in a difference than the population of the humans that they drifted apart genetically and formed distinct ethnic groups as as they changed their location where they live. The fact that we all came from Southern Sahara Africa, Southern Sub-Saharan Africa. Now, the DNA, and even with Lucy, they wanted to say Lucy being uh, 3.18 million years ago, that Lucy herself, how she would look, some say it was more closer to an ape. But nevertheless, Lucy shows that there were humankind over a million years ago. And as this being a Christian radio show, I I, I want to just make this statement in the fact that that the Bible date people try to use thousand years and things like that. But the Bible that I study, due to the different degrees that I have, said in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. Now, as I was studying, I uh, obtained my master's degree. I did a study on the African studies in the Bible. And the Bible talks about where, how the Garden of Eden lay, where Adam and Eve was located at in the garden. I uh, often pondered why all the angels were white and why there were no blacks I ever saw growing up, white angels, everyone on the television, as we watch television and through the media, everyone was white. But yet no one came out of that climate that was ever white. And as I began to study, because I, I wanted to know about the suffering of the people of African Americans and the fight of African Americans. So in my study, I began to research the World Mark of Nations and other books. I began to do my research on the Bible and find out exactly who's who. I wanted to find out whether or not that we were a curse. And, and uh, contrary to the belief of some, that wasn't the truth, that we were a curse. Now, I would beg to tell you that the garden was in Africa and not in located over in the Middle East in Iraq. Now, this is what I'm going to say. In the chapter, second chapter of Genesis, starting at that 8 to the 15th verse, it tells us now, it tells us where the Garden of Eden is located. And through careful research, I found that both the Pashon and the Guyon River are both rivers located in Africa. Now, now, now let me explain the translation of the book of scriptures. You know that Ethiopia is in the African continent. That's Genesis 10, 6 through 7. 
and he is the son of Ham. Now, and Cush and Metherim and Put and Canaan were the sons of Ham. Now, 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 the son of Cush is Sheba, Havilah, Sabbatha, Rehamah, Satisha, and the son of Rehamah is Sabitacha, and the son of Rehamah, Sheba, and Dedan. The region is now called, what they say it encompassed, is called Dejibuti or either Somalia or Somaliland. Now the name of the second river is the Guyon. The Guyon River is the Nile River, the same that encompassed the land of Ethiopia. The map of Africa, the African continent, possible for the Pishon or the Guyon to flow from Africa to the continent of Iraq. The third, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Pastor. And the third river they say is the Hidekia River. <laughs> and it went forth forth and the fourth river was called the Euphrates. Now I want you to understand this that the US news and many other magazines, Africa is recognized and ident- and, and ident- identified as the birthplace of mankind. Now it was the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus. 11th, 11th century, a biblical commentator. Biblical commentator, a biblical commentator, Flavius Josephus, who the 11th century biblical commentator. And Rashid both agreed that the Guyon River, which depart from Eden, was the Nile River. Flavius Josephus was one of the great historians. You had Philo and Josephus that many study dealing with the history and uh, that dealing with uh, the directions of the parts of the Garden of Eden. The Jewish Rashid still being used by scholars even today. In studying the Bible, we should understand that the nature of the people who translated the Bible, even King James and other, these were uh, those who uh, had slaves. And we should understand that many European scholars who translated the Bible were prejudiced against Africa. They've even taken Africa, they've even taken Egypt off the Africa map of Africa as though if it's not a part of Africa. Even though in the pyramids, the artifacts and pictures show that they were Africans. You know, for this reason, many untrue statements have been made, such as the black race is a curse because of Cain. Today, many of us, we believe that we should be servants and slaves. They believe that we as a race are inferior to the right race. King James himself were the racist. Look, the injustice and prejudice of the many Bible translators, those who translated the Bible and seek the truth. Many scientists and world researchers are aware of the overwhelming evidence that Africa is the birthplace of man and the oldest bones, weapons, tools, 
utensils, and civilization are found in Africa, not Asia or Europe. Even Isaiah mentioned more than one time one river between Egypt and Ethiopia, although not mentioned by name, the Pashon is possibly mentioned as the upper branch of the Nile. Perion and Avic Yaha, uh, MacWilliam Bible Atlas identified the Pashon as the upper branch of the Nile. It's important that we understand that if you do your study and you'll find out they have two branches of the Nile, the Nile do part out in the two. You have the blue Nile and the white Nile. Uh, the Nile River, you know, and, and, and the Roman historian Pliny uh, spoke of Havilah in East Africa, Hasting Dictionary of the Bible, the Kashite Havilah journey from Africa to Arab, Arabia. After searching the map of Africa, I found that the northern coast of Africa now, I found that the northern coast of Africa is bordered to the north by the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea, to the east, Aden, and the Indian Ocean. The Pashon that encompassed the whole land of Havilah which is Somaliland or Somalia, could not have been located in Iraq. Neither could the Guyon, which is the Nile, which the Bible said encompassed the whole land of Ethiopia. To the east of Ethiopia is Somalia, and to the north is the Red Sea and the Gulf of Eden. To the east, Somalia is the Indian Ocean, through the study of the World Atlas, I found that the Garden of Eden would have been located somewhere in the area of Ethiopia or Somalia. The word encompass in your Bible is used both with the Pishon and the Guyon. Each one encompasses Havila, encompass which is modern-day Somalia, and the other encompass Ethiopia. The Guyon is now called the Nile. Webster Dictionary defines the word encompass as enclosing a line or a limit of an area or perimeter, passing around. To view this retrospectively, the guy on which encompasses Ethiopia is the present-day Nile. The, that's the Pashon. That's okay. The Pashon which encompasses the country of Havilah the present-day Somalia are both in northern eastern Africa, and now we must consider the remaining river, the Hidekia and the Euphrates. Now let us pay close attention to this. Before serious, with serious examination, the role of these two rivers play a key part. Let's look again at the first two. Genesis 2 and 10 tells us that a river went out to water the garden. From hence it parted and became four heads. We can establish two points, one river out to water a garden. Point two, one river parted and became four rivers. The first is the Pishon, that which encompassed the land of Havilah, which we have established the fact that the Havilah during this period 
covered the land that now include northeast Egypt, northeast Sudan, and Djibouti during that period of time, though I believe it extended southward through the position of the northern Ethiopia and northeast Sudan. This would mean that the Pishon River flowed in the easterly direction toward Sunday Red Sea or Arabia. The name of the second river is the Guyon, and this encompassed the land of Ethiopia. We have established this is the Nile, with the northern flow through present-day Egypt. I believe during this period, Ethiopia encompassed part of the Sudan and present-day Egypt. Now listen at this. This land was called Cush, and later Metherum, which Cush is Ethiopia and Metherum is Egypt. Cush is the and, and Metherum's are brothers who settled present-day Egypt, which bears the name which means black or burnt face. That's Cush. Now they call the people of Egypt Kim or Kimites, and that means black. Some scholars have tried to, and European scholars have tried to mean it, the black land, the dirt is black. No, it meant that the people that the Kimites were the people of that country were black. Now, let's look at the last river, the river, which is the Hidiku, which has been identified as present-day Tigris River. Those who make this assumption, I believe, are in error. Let's look at Genesis 2 and 14, which said, and the name of the third river is the Hidiku. Now, they say the Tigris River is the Hidiku. That is which goes toward the east of Assyria. This tells me that the river flowed in the easterly direction. The Tigris River, which is east of Assyria, flows parallel to the Euphrates River before meeting the Euphrates River. This flowed toward the south and the north. They flowed northward. Thus, it cannot be the Hidikia, only unless the river changed its flow. I believe this river, which ran toward the east of the Syria, ran toward and merged with the Euphrates. In the later part of Genesis, Moses tells us only the fourth river is the Euphrates. As I look at the picture, I can see one river parting and becoming and becoming four, one river forming a southern border of the garden. And flowing eastward, this river is the Pishon River. This river could be lost, but I believe a portion still exists today through its original flow, changing and a cutoff. It is called Atabana, which connects with the Nile in northeastern Sudan and flows eastward toward the Red Sea. I've told you through research, I did a lot of different researches during getting when I was doing my master's, and this was my thesis was on this. The second river, the Guyon, was established. It is present-day now. It northerly flow forms the western boundary of the garden. The third is the Hidika flow toward the east of Assyria. I believe the river was lost with the great flood. Its easterly flow carries it from its source 
the Nile toward the eastern of Assyria to the fourth river, the Euphrates. The Hedekia eastward flow formed the northern boundary of the garden. The Euphrates, which flows easterly now, probably had more southerly flow before the flow flood and formed the easterly boundary. It's important to understand all this occurred before the flood came, and the land masses may have been together, but the description that have been given, Somalia and Havila, this is in Africa, encompassed the land of, of Somalia, of, 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 of which, and we, which we know, of Kush. Thus the garden was circled by one river, which broke into four different heads. Now, an interesting point, at the beginning of the garden being present-day northeast Sudan, this is where what is known as the White Nile becomes the Nile. It also feeds into the Atabana at that point. That's your third river. I believe the Nile intersects and feed and fed the Hedekia, which flowed and emptied into the Euphrates. The uh, Now, the Euphrates, the southern flow took it down to meet the Pishon. Though many may disagree with me, scientists and archaeologists agree on these points. One point that they agree, that the land mass that now form Africa and the Middle East were always connected. I've also did some further study in this scene where in the Red Sea that that, that they, they have noticed that, that it was joined together at one time because of the way the bottom is shaped through like an earthquake or flood or something that called it to separate. There was a great flood and the land mass was lost and the present-day Mediterranean Sea and Red Sea and the Persian Gulf probably were formed. Now, it talks about rivers were completely lost on that course may have been altered. To go even further, we know that there was no rain falling during this period of time, during the second chapter of the book of Genesis. No rain had ever fell during that time. We are told that the garden was watered by mist each morning. Look at this theory, then we can establish that the garden was encompassed, encircled by likely that the streams flowed from the river into the garden, which we know today is irrigation to keep the soil moist. This combined with the warm days and cool nights produce a morning dew we call dew today which, when combined with the moist soil, kept the garden beautiful. The Bible tells us that the days were extremely warm because in Genesis 3 and 8 tells us that they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, probably evening. From this we see warm air absorbing moisture from the rivers, the stream, the soil each day, and redeposing it, just keeping the garden warm and tropical. We know that dark-skinned people have always been found in warm or tropical areas. I finalize this part of this 
thesis or theory with the location of the garden. It is easy to establish that the Garden of Eden was on the continent of Africa. This is established by the location of the garden. We look at the garden for too long as some small remote area. But for every animal to live in the garden, it had to be very, very large. Moses tells us specifically where the garden was. He tells us about the four rivers. He also tells us the land they circled, period. Thus, this land is the northeastern Africa and a portion of the Middle East, portions of Egypt, the Sudan, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, all of present-day Israel, Jordan, Syria, and a portion of Iraq. This would be in line with the belief that many renowned theologians who believe this sector, territory, is the same described in Revelation. We must keep in mind is now the Mediterranean Sea. Revelation 21 and 1 tells us, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth time, and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. Considering all these points, I believe my theory holds up on the location of the Garden of Eden. I, I, would, I would like to say if we would just take time to do the study and not believing what others have told us for so many years we have been lied to and told that we didn't play any part of that it, the garden was in a certain other area. But all the time, the garden have always flowed from there. It was the Greek. It was the Greek, and even in the, in the Latin and the Greeks, always believed that Ethiopia, called the land of the gods, where there was gold and baldonium and oxygen, oxygen that was located there. It's, I've been told for so many years, and we have seen on, on different sections on television that everyone have been, been uh, Caucasian out of that area. And we just I just gave you from millions of years ago that life originated in Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, the plains. I told you about Lucy. I told you about Eve and, and that the male, this male that they found in South Africa, St. Helena, Helena Bay, South Africa, that 315 B.C. carries the genotype, the DNA of Eve, who's supposed to be the mother, which everyone carries. But he was an African. I've also discussed that that out of that, I say we're about the mutation. I've also discussed on the first night that you could take a black child and a young black female and come up with a white child, come up with what you call an albino. Uh, no melanin and blue eyes, but you can never find that in the DNA 
a white on white making a black child. And the reason is it has to come where it all started from. Years ago, I want to say this uh, this in Doberman Pinches. I had a red Doberman. I had a, a black and tan. But out of that group, I had a blue, I had fawn, I had black and tan, and red. And the reason I'm saying that is it reached back into into our ancestry years back. It reached way back. And then for hundreds of years, you could have one of your children could take uh, a genotype of your ancestors and look like the great-great-grandfather because it's all in our DNA. It says all in our genotype. As other uh, portions that comes up with this, and that's the reason I wanted to tell you. And the other reason I wanted to talk to you tonight and doing this history, because I want us to understand that we have a far history much greater than America, than a slave, a beat down slave. We come from a people that while Europe was still in caves, we were living in houses and building thatch huts and we were building cooking food and we had tools that we were building. We were eating fish and we were planting and we weren't just farmers, but we were eating different things that we had to that, that others didn't have at that time. We were far advanced in Europe. And I made a statement that uh, oftentimes that we, we, we don't pay attention because we go by what we see. There's a battle being Africa, never telling about the Moors people, never talking about the pyramids, which was some of them were almost 3,000 years before Christ was born, before Europeans ever set foot in Africa. There were pyramids. And if you look at the inside, the pictures of them show you that they were brown and black people. It's so ridiculous today that or I look at the History Channel sometimes, and I know not to believe what it says. It says that people came from outer space pyramids. Why? Why? Simply because how could these Africans, Imhotep was the first person to build a step pyramid. But how could these Africans build a 47 plus third building with no crane, no lift? How could they cut stone perfectly square? How were they able to do it? And even today, they can't figure it out. But I submit to you today that there are more pyramids around the Sudan and other places than there are in Egypt. All you have to do is Google, find out. But that's not told to you because Africa is a black country, a, a country that nothing was done and the people are ignorant and the people are, 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 are beneath everyone else. That's so far from the truth. Remember origin and all kind of things originated there. First College, Timbuktu, 
Africa, why when they first came over did they destroy the records in Egypt? Why were so many of the records destroyed? You take away a person's history. And that's what they've done. But getting back to the earlier parts of the Bible, getting back to the time before the floods, I'm going to just give some names to you, and I want you to pay close attention. Right now, I'm going to allude to uh, after the diluvian period, after the flood. After the flood in Genesis 10, it's going to give you the name of the sons after Noah came out of the ark. He had sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. It's been said that Ham is the father of uh, the Africans uh, and that Shem is the brown man or the black and brown man is Shem. And the Caucasian race would be Jepheth. But now I want you to pay close attention to a specific name because I want you to understand this today. And I want you to Google this and find out about the ethnic groups that are in Jerusalem today. And don't take what I say. I want you to research whatever I say. It says, now the generations of Noah were Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. And unto them were born after the flood. They say, now Jephthah had a son. Now, this is supposed to be the Caucasian race. Had a son named Gomer, Magog, and Medea, and Javon, and Tubala, and Meshach, and Tiras. Now, now listen at this name here. And please underline this. And this is in 3, the, the Genesis, the 10th chapter. In the third verse, it say Gomer, they say the sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz. Underline that word Ashkenaz. Because when I told you, remember the ethnic groups that are in the Holy Land now, they're called Ashkenaz Jews. Ashkenaz. Ashkenaz came off of Jephthah. That's Caucasian. They can never be an Israelite. Uh, Hebrew, you have to come from Jephthah. They, they Eskenaz, we Eskenaz Jews, you're not. The Bible warns us that there are people that say that they're Jews and uh, are Jews or Israelites and are not. You have to come from Shem. You have to come from Shem. The next group that's in uh, the Holy Land today is called Khazar. That means they're from north of Turkey. They're not originally, I think it's Serfordom, they're from around Spain. Those, those are the three main ethnic groups that are in the Holy Land today. If you want to trace it back biblical, but you have to do the study, there was no whites that was down that way. It was no more than Shem and Ham was located in the Holy Land. Matter of fact, Ham possessed the Holy Land. 
Canaan, the land of Canaan, come from Adam's son Canaan. Let me, let me, let me finish reading something to you. And it says, uh, now, by these were the eyes of the Gentiles divided the land, either one or by tongue. Now, 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 I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. Now, they call these people Gentiles. They're calling just the one I call Eskenaz Gentile. They say, by there were, were the eyes of the Gentiles divided their land, every one other in his tongue after their family and in their nation. This is called your... Uh, your Caucasian or your white race, they were uh, different, they're different language, and it says, that tells you to write that in the fifth chapter of the 10th verse. And then they say the sons of Ham and the birth of Nimrod. Now listen to that, they say the sons of Ham were Cush. You remember I told you they said that that the uh, the Garden of Eden encompassed the land of Cush or Havilah, and watch this. Cush, Metherum, now this this is who Ham had. Cush, Metherum, and now see, this is what I'm saying now. And put, and Canaan, the sons of Cush was Sheba, the queen of Sheba, Havilah, that, that's Ethiopia, Sabata, Ramah, Sabatitia, and the son of Ramah was Sheba and the Dan. The Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be mighty one on the mighty one on the earth. And I'm gonna tell you something. Where Nimrod built was building the Tower of Babylon. That's where Abraham come from. It was called the land of Nimrod. What color was he? Do your research on your Bible. The Cush begot Nimrod and became a mighty one on the earth. And that's the eighth verse of the 10th chapter. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was from Babel, which is Babylon, Iraq, Achaid, Canaan, in the land of Shinar. That's the, the place of, towards where Abraham came from. Out of the land went forth Asia and built Nineveh and the city of Rebot and Cala. Rhythm between Nineveh and Cala, the same is the great city. And Metherim begot Ludum. Now, Metherim is Egypt. And now these are, this, this, the children of, these are Ham children. This is Egypt now. The Bible is telling you this. But when you see the pictures of them, everybody's white. Anamim, Anamim, and Lahabim, and Naphtuhim, and Pantherushim, and Kassaluim, out of whom came the Philistine, and the Capitarim, or Capitarim. The Canaanites begot Sodom, his firstborn help. The Jebusites, now where you see the word in the 16th verse, Jebusite, that's where Jerusalem got its name from, Jebus. That's Jerusalem. And Amorites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, the Archivites, the Semites, the Archvadites, Ar- 
the Zeramadite, the Zerarites, the Hamathites, and afterwards were the families of and afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread it abroad. And the border of the Canaanites was from Sodom to the most coming to Gersher, unto Gaza, that does go unto Sodom and Gomorrah and Adama and Zim and Zudama, even unto Lacia. There are the, these are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongue, in their country and in their nation. It tells you that they, that Ham had kids that was with that that Nimrod and others, they were all in the Middle East where Abraham came from. Now the children have to the children of Israel have to come from if you're going to say that you're a Hebrew, you have to come from the land of Nimrod. You have to come from that area around where Shem came from. Say, unto Shem also the father of the children were Eber, the brother. And then it talks about his brother was Jephthah. Even to him a child was born. And then they say the children of Shem were Elam. You talking about uh, you talking about he was the father of the children of Eva, and the brother of Jephthah he was the eldest. To him were children born. Now he's the brother. He's the, he, he, he the children was Shem, Elam, Asher, Arphax, Lud, and Aram. The children of Aram were Uz, Paul, Jether, Mash. Ophrax begot Shelah, and Shelah begot Eber. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name was Peleg, uh, in his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan begot Amadad, and Shelef, and Hazar, Mavoth, and Jerah, and Harad. Hadaram and Uzzala, Uzzal, and Dekla, and Obal, and Baal, and Sheba, the Ophel, the Havilah, and Jobed, all these were the sons of Jotham, and their dwelling was from Misha as they go to Sephar, or the mount at the east. These are the sons of Shem and their family after their tongue and their land. And if you have a map, it usually will show you the way they separated and went, and it will show you in the back that the children of Jephthah went up into Europe. The children of Ham and Shem stayed in the Holy Land and in the top around Egypt. There's so much right in this Bible. If you take the name, You'll find out that now. And I'm going to show you a part right here. The children, the children of Jephthah left out the Bible, which is supposed to be the Caucasian race. In the 10th chapter, not to come back until about 500 years before Christ, over a thousand something years absent out the entire Bible. 
Or you heard about Alexander the Great, the conqueror before Christ, maybe three, four hundred years before Christ. Uh, by that time, the Greeks or the Romans was ruling the Holy Land. But but before that time, that, the marriages that went on, and I, I think I'm going to save that for another time and, and go even further to show you that who married who. I'm going to expose these things to you and show you that the children, by genealogies, that the children of Shem and the children of Ham, uh, grandchildren, they married each other. I'm going to show you, Prince, what color was the Hebrew Israelites. I'm going to prove that that which has been shown today as I showed you the uh, the main population of uh, the people in the Holy Land are called Eskenaz, and if you are Eskenaz, that means you're from around Lithuania, Caucasia, or Russia. And you are not from the Holy Land. You are you are Caucasian. You are not from the Holy. But that's who are in that today. I'm going to give you uh, facts to look up from other nations telling you that they are not really Israelites, they are not uh, Jews per se, and tell you who real the real Judas are, because they are not in the Holy Land today. And I'm going to even give you different places where you could pull it up on on it on 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 on, on, on YouTube and other places that their own rabbis admit that they are not really Israelites. Not just the Jew, the covenant was made with Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. And when you're studying, I just, in fact, what I wanted to do was to give you a background that mankind himself originated in Africa, some say sub-Saharan, some some say some have found the different old artifacts right around uh, southern Ethiopia and Sudan, but but nevertheless, we have played a pivotal role in this world, and we have, and 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 we are people who God have chosen. We wonder why we go through so much because our true we have see if. <laughs> People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't know who we really are. That have been taken from us. Our identity, our true identity have been taken from us, never to be given to us again. Once a person can take away that from you, they almost have you conquered. They almost have you beat. And that's what have happened to to the African race today, not African, because a majority of the ones in America today are Hebrew Israelites, if you may not know it, and I'm going to prove that also to you by not what some blacks came up with, but I'm going to come and and let you, uh, after I finish talking with you, I'm going to give you where to look and where to find out and let you find it says it themselves. This are Caucasian rabbis, supposed to be Jewish Caucasian rabbis. They come out and admit that blacks, two to one, the ones that came to America, are the true Israelites. And we'll say it. 
and say, well, this this may be a game breaker, but he has to tell the truth. It's been hid from us too long who we are. The things that matter in life so much is that have been taken from us. It have been taken from us, and we don't know who we are. The builder of the pyramids, the founder of many countries, floors of the world. We was told that blacks didn't travel. Black were fishermen, and the blacks. And if you were African, or if you were uh, 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 Israelite or whoever you were, if you lived on the coast, you were the fisherman. And I was talking earlier about the about the young man. I call him a young man, but he he died in three fifteen B.C. in Southern Africa, who I told you was the closest relative yet known to humanity to the common female ancestry mitochondrial Eve, who was supposed to be the mother, who everybody have her DNA. But this particular black African man that was over 2,300 and something years ago that they found and was able to get his DNA, he was a genetic match to the supposed mother of everybody named Eve. He's the closest, and he's an African, to Eve, that they found his remains in St. Helena Bay in South Africa. And if you want to look it up, the archaeologist's name is Andrew Smith, and he studied out of the University of Cape Town. And you could also find out this a sub-Saharan Africa cradle of all humanity and to have this DNA sequence that will follow and you could find it all over the world that people are taking DNA and I know that some people don't like to look at it and find that here it is, you have DNA and and, and, and that that goes back to black folk, Africans. DNA originated in Africa. You know, I took a DNA test, and it went, uh, and what they did was they took my DNA and uh, National Geographic, not DNA.com, but National Geographic did a DNA thing on me. And they found I had, and I, it was strange that they found out I had DNA from around Ethiopia. I had, I had DNA matches in South Africa and, and but the majority of it, eighty some was percent was around Nigeria and Europa and, and Benai and Cameroon, up in that area. But then eleven percent was Great Britain. And I know that came about during slavery. But the thing about it was it they the further it went back so many hundreds of thousands of years go all the way back to right around Ethiopia, and that means Lucy. South Africa means it's this man that was over 3,000-something years ago, some kind of way that Lady Eve, I have some kind of match with her. Now, whites would have it. It just won't be as strong 
as African Americans are African. That that's what we have to have to look at today. And I would submit to to us now, I want everybody to get out and vote, but I want to submit to you today, begin to read, learn about yourself. Let me tell you something, there's so much that have been hidden from blacks, from Africa. Well, Africans know a lot about Africa because they study their own history. But we are people in America, African-Americans, or whoever we want to call ourselves today. We are lost people that study not the history of someone else, but the lives of someone else because we know America wasn't discovered by Columbus. We know that there were indigenous people already here. We know even though by different uh the, the different tiki like his, they found that they even had Africans in Mexico and parts of South South America and stuff that Africans had voiced over here. Even from artifacts, bones, they found out that we were here. We was here. Aboriginal people were in South America. We've been here for thousands of years. But then they came and don't tell the truth that we that they came and sell a country, no, tell the truth, you came and took a country. Kill the people, did a genocide savagely and did a genocide. Tell the truth. Took the land. Good-hearted people teaching you how to plant crops, trying to show you how to live. Tell the truth about the history of the country. But then they took away us. We They took our language away from us, showed us how to build a house. We knew how to build it because we was already builders. We just couldn't understand the language or the language barrier and demean us as men by taking our wives and selling our children. It didn't start that. We have a great heritage that started back from the beginning of, of mankind that you originally from the cradle of civilization. That's why you have your melanin in you. And I've heard some psychologists and others say, melanin brings about intelligence. Now, I want us to listen and look into these things. And if you need information and things or different things concerning dealing with that, also about asking about researching who's in the Holy Land right now. I'm not going to go too much further on tonight because I understand the fact that we're, 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 uh, my time is, is running up, and once I begin to talk about the history of, of, of the world and the history of, of blacks, of, uh, uh, African or blacks, or uh, 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 what I would call uh, 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 the black Israelites, the Israelites, the uh, black Hebrews, the really Hebrew race. I get overfilled with joy and love because I'm beginning to really understand and research who I am and where I came from, my origin. I didn't come from a dumb race of people. I come from a loving, intelligent, smart race of people who are builders, educators. And right now our children are going around killing each other, acting like they're crazy. And doing the same thing, 20s and the 30s with Al Capone and the others with the drive-by, 
that's what we're doing right now. We're imitating somebody that beat us and enslaved us, taking all their bad habits. And I'm going to leave you with one thing tonight. When the children of Israel left the promised land and Moses had went up to the mountain and he saw the promised land and he told them he wouldn't get there with them, but God allowed him to see it. Well, when Joshua and them went over, they told them, uh, and I'm going to tell you about what color, I'm going to prove what color was Joshua to you. I'm going to prove what color was Moses. I'm going to prove what color Joseph was to you. But before I, before I, I, that's going to be another night. But when he showed him that, he told him something very, very important. He told him that when they got into the promised land, don't take the people away. Don't marry them. Don't take their ways or their customs. They got raped. They worked hard. They weren't lazy people. You're lazy now because you don't want to work for free. But we we took on all their bad habits. We got in the drug. We got in the alcohol. We're doing drive-by shooting something Al Capone them did back in those days. We took every bad habit that they have not knowing we have a rich heritage in our heart. We are godly, rich people. Okay, we, we, we really appreciate that, Dr. Kim. That's some good learning and teaching tonight, and we appreciate it. Uh, we have a, I don't know if we have any questions. I'd like to open up the lines and uh, invite anyone that has any questions for Dr. Kim tonight. Uh, the line is open for you if anyone has any questions. Good, good evening to anyone. Is there anyone uh, have any questions for Dr. Kemp or like to speak to the same thing that Dr. Kemp? The line is open. All right, Dr. Kemp, I think uh, everyone is just educated tonight. Uh, wonderful show. Wonderful show, sir. And uh, we thank you for uh, coming on again tonight. This is our second week, and uh, and it was an awesome show. So thank you very much. Uh, whenever you're ready to close out, uh, it, it's on you, sir. We thank you very much. We're looking forward to next Tuesday. Same time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, with this education, Breaking Chains History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp. And this show is being brought to you by the United Theological Seminary and Bible College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 2139 Nebraska Street. Um, you can uh, enroll and log on and check them out. They are right there in Baton Rouge. You can log on to our page and get all of their information uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash YAT radio. Uh, their college extension number and their phone number, address, and everything is on the page, and you can get all the information. God bless and thank you for tuning in. Dr. Kemp, you can uh, pray us out and close us out at your leisure, sir. First, I just want to thank everyone who are listening in, and I pray that the information I gave is a blessing. And those things that I said, I go behind me and research that we don't believe everything that someone tells us because that's how we've been misled instead of researching it for ourselves. I thank everyone. Amen. I pray God blessing on each and every one. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to leave this blog, this uh, radio show tonight, this historical show, that you bless each and every one who listens. Bless. Please bless Reverend Hot Rod, Lord. He putting together things to educate our people and to show in the love of God that he has in his heart for all humanity. We're not here, Lord, to talk about a down the white race, that let the truth be told. 
that we did play a, a great part in here, which have been hidden from the world for so long, but it's written in books. We just don't pick the books up. Lord, we thank you. Bless this country, Lord. Please, Lord, we're going through a virus right now, the COVID-19 Lord, virus or the coronavirus, Lord, pandemic. I ask that you cover each and every one of us in the blood of Jesus. Give us the smartness. Give us the welfare know-how to stay away and to do with our doctors and our scientists and those who know about those different diseases tell us to do. If they say stay out of crowds, we love, we pray, we stay out of crowds because this is something serious, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Again, Lord, I want you to keep on blessing Brother Hot Rod as he reached the world with the uncompromised word of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Kemp. We'll see you on next Tuesday. And don't forget to join us tomorrow night with the Men of Valor and the P31 ladies as we come together and break chains tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us live, 858-357-9137, or log on at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Y-A-T radio. God bless you, and have a blessed night. We love you, and we love you dearly. God bless you. Good night. up and go to the church again no one but you know all the issues that i struggle with no brotherhood no bonds ain't got no real friends been raised up praying singing songs and passive listening to preachers telling me about righteousness and wage of sin they say your spirit will always show me just what to do don't understand is it me am i missing i've been Of this world of woman money, yes, it's true. Pressure to measure up the standards that I know ain't real. Got the job in school, he said, I know the deal. Put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Just pray with me. I said, I did that, brother. Nothing changes, can't you see? I need a brother who is willing just to walk with me. A confidant, a mentor, accountability. I've been
listening to History Talk on Breaking Chains with Dr. Lavert Kemp. Thank you for listening and tune in next week to learn more of who you are. Breaking Chains History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. It's Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Call in and join the conversation. 858-357-9137. Or log on to blogtalkradio.com slash YAT Radio. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.